Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I've stood up this morning, but I'm sitting down this evening. I'm getting a, a, a new knee replacement in three weeks, so I just don't think I can stand up any longer today. So thank you for the offer of a, yeah, it keeps me up a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have, yeah, just have a little bit of fun. Everybody okay for a bit of fun? Yeah. Oh. Okay, that's five of us, so let's, uh, let's go. So I'm going to talk about innovation, but I'm going to use um, some of the journeys that I've been on over the years to try and bring some of it alive. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see where we get. So, first of all, innovation itself, it sounds very exciting. And the truth is, it is, but I would say, in my experience, um, innovation is really a long journey of incremental failures. That would be my best definition of it. Innovation is all about trial and error. Innovation is all about having a go. Innovation is not dismissing your idea until it either has or hasn't worked. Um, and yeah, when it works, it, when you see it, it is pretty amazing. But behind the scenes of anything or that yeah, I've definitely seen and others, um, yeah, there's a bit of work around it, and it's a little bit of an attitude of life that kind of brings innovation alive. First of all, I believe everyone can innovate, okay? I just believe everyone can do it. Um, I think that um, the ultimate innovator has got to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen. And you think you've got problems. Imagine designing us lot. I mean, that is some go, isn't it? And he got it right first time. Amen. And we have got the heart and mind of Christ. Amen. So we should and could and are, I believe, some of the most, yeah, most innovative people on this planet. Because we really care not only about innovation, but why and what are we innovating. Um, so, yeah, innovator, entrepreneur. Um, but I believe it is a bit of character um, that has been built through some of the challenges and I would always put painstaking before innovation. I just, as you, you know, the light bulb, thousand attempts, that's painstaking innovation, you know what I mean? So they got it right. And I would definitely say that. And if you speak to anybody who's been innovative, they'd say the same. But it is, uh, yeah, it is something that it's important to kind of give the glory to God for. Uh, anything I've learned, picked up along the way, every innovation that I've finally stumbled on, anything that's ever worked, anything that's impacted lives, anything that's, yeah, praiseworthy, amen? It's my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's his spirit within me that has enabled me and his passion for others, which has always, always empowered my innovation that I give him the glory. So, first thing around innovation is, and, and I have this phrase which annoys the small team that I work with. I just keep saying to people, so what? Okay, so it's, it's not that encouraging, but let me explain. So when, you, when people talk about something that's, that's not what it should be, before you even begin or before I begin even to look at what could be the creative solutions, it's, well, so what? What will change if we change this? Why would we want to innovate this? What's the outcome of, of what we're trying to do? Is the problem worth solving? Everybody okay with that? Is it worth solving? And then let's get some stuff um, on the table. And by the way, it is fine. The answer to this is fine either way. But who wins is one of the questions that I will often ask. So who's going to win through this innovation? Uh, is it going to be you, which, by the way, is okay? Is it going to be others, which is also okay? Or is it about his kingdom? And I feel most innovation is actually about all three. Amen? 
I think it's all three. But ask yourself that question. Be really honest. And the first thing that, again, I see people not really spending uh, the kind of time and effort that I think is really needed for immunization is, is what is the problem? I mean, really, what is the problem? All problems are basically, they have, they're like an iceberg. They've got this little bit peeking out of the top, which you see, and you want to solve that. But I'm telling you, behind the little thing above the water, there's nine-tenths of it yet are unseen. So whatever you're going to solve, whatever it is, you've got to really look under, under the surface. Do you really understand the problem you seek to solve? Um, yeah. And really, really look at it. Because basically, understanding the problem is the segue. It just is to find a solution. It just is. The deeper the sort of testing of the problem, the longer you spend taking it apart, within that taking it apart is actually the seeds of the innovation that I believe God has got to. And he gives you eyes to see things that you wouldn't see. And I think that is just as important in seeing the problem as it is in solving the problem because I think that both are equally linked. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff that we've been doing. So I think most innovation, the stuff that's uh, in the Bible, it says, he who gathers little by little shall have enduring, and it says wealth, but the translation of wealth really is about well-being, it's about impact, it's about influence, it's not just financial, it's in relationships, and I really feel that this speaks around innovation. He who gathers innovation little by little shall have enduring innovation, shall have something of value little by little. 75% of my innovation would be small, quick, incremental wins, it just would, small, quick, um, sometimes small, long, incremental wings. So my first thing is, is don't rush at it. I think um, it's really great. Lots, I do have people contact me from time to time and you know, ask me what do I think of an idea and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. Always happy to speak to anybody who's trying to find some things. Um, but I would always say don't rush. Don't rush it. Um, yeah. It's often not that electrifying. I see people sort of see a problem and want to solve a problem, and if it didn't solve first time, it's like, oh, it, I can't solve it. Wow, that's really going to bring out the goodness of God in everything, isn't it? You know, these things are not going to be solved. Basically, if it needs innovation, someone else hasn't solved it. Amen? So if someone else hasn't solved it, then it's not going to be easy to solve it, because if it's easier to solve it, somebody would have done. They would. It can often deflate. Um, when you start to look at it, and you realize how complicated it is. And innovators basically have got a bit of the, with some of the songs you sang tonight, but the one about the, yeah, about faith and all the rest of it, you know. I just sometimes see sort of people, if it gets complicated, they're just sort of like, oh, this is going to take me ages to do it. Wow, you're going to do well. You've got to have a little bit of something in you that just goes, this is going to take ages. Good. 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 It's going to take ages. Good. Set yourself up that it's going to take ages. And if it's any quicker than that, Fantastic, but it's going to take some time. And I think a lot of people fall at the first hurdle of this stuff. Um, and it's a journey. So every time you're innovating something, you're learning for the next one. Amen? So what you learn not to do, you learn not to do the next one. It's not like a one-off big hit, is this going to work? No, no, this is a lifetime of applying yourself to problems. Um, so let me, let me tell you a little bit about uh, sort of my problem moments. I'm going to give you a couple of problems um, so in 1996, so 28 years ago now, 27 years ago, um, four years after losing everything as my marriage failed, 
um, with insurmountable debts, struggling, two children, living in a bedsit, with overwhelming debts, um, I sat. Can you think of anybody less qualified to help people with debt counseling than me? By the way, I had Christians sending me letters saying, how can you possibly help anybody with debt counseling? You were rubbish with money. Thank you so much, Christian world, for that wonderful encouragement that you finally managed to drag out of somewhere. Okay? Um, I think if you've struggled with a problem or you've, you've been part of something that's not been right, I think that qualifies you incredibly well to find a solution. So, do, you know, don't throw away the problems and think, I can't solve that. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. And I began the journey of solving the problem of insurmountable death, the poverty, debt, the poverty that stalked hundreds of thousands of people around the world and the fact that people need to not only find release from debt but also needed to find Jesus Christ as their personal saviour. That's quite a problem to get stuck into and it took me the uh, best part of about 13 years to really find some solutions on that one. 13 years of painstakingly trying. Um, failure, let me tell you about, um, yeah, this is probably my biggest and most wonderful failure. So I realised that I wanted to prevent people from getting into debt um, so I kind of, I can't read and write very well. I left school at 15. Um, I have a couple of O-levels. They're really harder to get than GCSEs, by the way, all the younger people. They, they're like A-levels. They really are hard. It was really hard. Didn't have a calculator or anything. It was all difficult. Um, so, yeah, so not, uh, not great with the old English stuff, but let me tell you, I can add up. My dyslexia really brought me a, a, a mathematical mind, so I could just work some stuff out. And I knew what the problem was because I'd had it. So I basically put something together um, around setting up three separate accounts to make, finance, to make your finance interesting, all the rest of it. I called it the family finance course. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, get your name better, John. Um, so me and Jeff decided to run a course. We advertised it in the church. We had three rooms to book. We had a little one. Six people, chairs could get in. We had a medium-sized one, about 20. And we had the big one, about 40. Something about innovators is you have to have faith and confidence that what you're going to do might work. So I booked the big one. Even me and Jeff, my ultimate supporter, we had T-shirts printed with family finance on. Yes, it was that bad in 1997. And we started, we said half seven, Chris, everything starts, it has to start. If it's anointed, it's 7.30, isn't it? I mean, it has to be. Seriously, all you seven o'clock people need to get back to the anointed 7.30. So me and Jeff waited there for people to come. And Jeff, the encourager, five minutes, of, you know, 25 past seven, they'll come. 25 to eight, he was a little bit like, oh, you know, people are always late, John, don't worry. Quarter to eight, he was like, are you sure we told them the right time? And by eight o'clock, by eight o'clock, we realized the ultimate truth is no one came. No one came. So two options there. I'm wrong. Nobody needs this. Nobody cares. That is, that is a genuine option. Or... Do you know what? I know this is a problem, and I do believe God's given me a bit of a solution. So I'm not going to give up on that, and I'm just going to take it that it's not the right time now. I'm going to go away, and I'm going to spend some time on it. I'm going to get it better. Two years later, we launched something called Cap Money. Cap Money grew to be the largest face-to-face -face money education program run in the UK. You see 2,000 courses and about 8,000 to 12,000 people a year going through the family finance course that no one came to. Amen? Because I didn't give up because the problem was worth solving amen
I then started to work on actual debt counseling. I've been in the finance industry for 12 years. Uh, I understood the finance industry and debt inside out. And yeah, um, it's pretty complicated. And loads of people told me that I would never be able to spread it and I would never find a way of de-skilling it and making it replicable. Um, I kind of lost the list of what people told me I couldn't do was pretty astonishing, really. I even got somebody sent me a letter saying, by the way, we're all okay, everywhere, all right, I'm recovered, I'm fine, you can see I'm in a good place. I'm Johnny Boy from Bradford, I can take a bit of stick. But, you know, I had people sending me letters, you know, we, we didn't have enough money to pay our salaries on time, we lost our home, and I got somebody sending me a letter, dear John, can I remind you, you've got a wife and two children. And I went, wow, I'd forgotten, where are they? Oh, there they are, you know what I mean? And somebody's saying, well, if you're doing debt counselling, you'll have everything you need. It can't be of God. Rubbish. Rubbish. The Apostle Paul talks about being hungry. Amen? He's a bright guy. If he'd have had some cash, yeah, he'd have brought some food. Having everything you need is not a sign that... It can be a sign that God's with you, but not having everything is not a sign that God's not with you. Amen? Maybe the enemy's around and maybe God wants to teach you something in the problem. But again, pressing through what God has got. So 25 years later, Christians Against Poverty, five nations, uh, about 250,000 people went through our program. Um, we saw somewhere in the region of about 25,000 individuals recorded finding faith. We were part of God's plan to show the church that we can get stuck into anything and we can do it better than the world. And he can use us to change lives beyond anything we could imagine because that's the God whom I serve. And that's where the innovation, and people say, wow, the innovation at the beginning must have been really special. I said to him, you should have seen the innovation three months before I decided to go, before I decided to hand it on. I was still, I was still innovating. On my leaving speech, I was giving ideas. Okay, it's not a one-off. It's a, it's a life application because you want to do it better. Why do you want to do it better? Because you're all perfectionists. Oh my gosh, seriously, no. But you want to see more people or you want to see whatever you're doing. If it's worth it, you want to see more of it. And if you want to see more of it, you've got to move with the times. And if you don't move with the times, you ain't going to do it. And again, I see... It's like sadness when I see people innovate brilliant things and 10 years later, it's still the same thing, but suddenly it's not brilliant anymore. Amen? Because things change. It's not a criticism, but you've got to be continually, continually innovation. It's a lifestyle. It's not a moment. Amen? It's a lifestyle. So let's talk about this latest um, innovation and, and see how we go. So I'm going to take you back to 2020, September 2020. So this is six months just, by the way, we all forget years. I always can't remember what year anything happened anymore. But I've checked, basically the pandemic hit in about March, so we all got shut down. We just kind of come out of the first lockdown, but it was dreadful. Um, and me and Lizzie had spent six months really seeking God about where our future lies. And we felt, for all the right reasons, it was just the moment to allow the teams that I'd already passed it on to, to take over around the world. So we sat down and shared uh, with CAP that we felt our time was, our time was coming to an end. Um, and it was the worst time to do it. We definitely admitted that. We did have a word of God and say, surely not in the middle of a pandemic, but yeah, in the middle of a pandemic. So we did, um, and we created space for God. And we prayed that if God had anything else for us to do, then he would lead us to it. And we promised that whatever he gave us, we'd give it our best. Whatever it was, whether it was local or national, or in, we were just open to God. And I then realized I had a problem before I realized God wanted me to try and solve it. And the problem was for the previous four years, while seeing 25,000 people, we saw people find faith every two hours of every working day. I wanted it to be every hour, 24 hours a day around the world, but I didn't quite get there. Because an innovator has a target that is beyond 
you can dream and imagine, amen? And if you fall short of an amazing target, it's amazing. So, we were, so that's what we were doing. Um, and yeah, I realized that I personally had not, I'd not led anybody or been involved in anybody finding faith for about four years. And it kind of got me, it just got me. I was just like, oh my gosh, John, what is that? So I decided to look at the problem. Remember? I decided to have a proper look at it. So I looked at it myself. Why, John, oh, why, John, are you not, how you not got part of your life engaged with sharing Jesus? Because if somebody hadn't spent time sharing him with you, where would you have been? Amen? This is worth sharing. So I began to look at it, and I realized I was in loads of wonderful Christian bubbles that were amazing. Church, tick. Family, tick. Friends, tick. Worship, tick. Teaching, tick. But there's no space for, I didn't have any sustainable non-Christian friends. Um, and then a good mate of mine, Gavin Calvert, at the Evangelical Alliance, says God has got his way, basically brought some research out. So I'm just going to pop the research up here so you can see what the problem is. And this is where God helps you. You know, if you're looking, he'll, he'll reveal to you more than you think you can find because that's the God he is, amen? But I was looking. I was saying, God, show me. Please tell me. Help me with this. Where am I? And then it suddenly be able to realize I'm not on my own. 43% of Christians say that they've no meaningful friendships with non-Christians. It's four out of 10. Meaningful friendships with non-Christians. 41% felt unsure or difficult questions or equipped to share faith. And if you can get through either of those two, 25% are scared of rejection or appearing different. Okay, and that's an anonymous uh, research with over 2,500 peak Christians. This is confidential. And any one of them will take you out. Okay, any one. You could have all three if you wanted, but any one. And our research over the last couple of years, you'll hear what we've been doing, is that we believe eight out of 10 uh, Christians uh, are struggling to share their faith. And... I'm just presuming that's in here as it is wherever else I go. Do a little nod if it's you, because it's all okay. All right, I've seen a few nodding going on. I like people smile and nod. That's great. People go, mm, that's me. Now, that's a problem worth solving, amen? That's a real problem worth solving. But I've got an amazing God, and I've got enough confidence with a lad from Bradford who left school at 15, okay, who had a violent past, um, found Christ at 32, and knows an amazing God that just maybe he might be able to bring some innovation to it. So I did the most important thing about an innovator is I started to have a go. I spent time thinking, how do we solve that? How do we solve that? How do we do that? Um, so I decided that if you're going to solve anything, you've got to make it simple. Okay, you've got to make it simple. So uh, the rule of three is really important uh, in terms of people remembering things. If somebody gives you three things, you'll remember it. If they give you four, you'll forget two. And if they give you five, you've probably forgotten them all. Okay? Just go on the, in go on the internet and do some, just research how do people remember stuff. Three things is generally the easiest way to do it. Okay? So we decided to split it down about those three problems. Remember the three problems? No friends, don't know what to do, and frightened. So we're right. Well, we might as well follow that. So we came up with uh, share life, which is basically deepening new and existing friendships. That's the first one. Second one is share faith, growing in confidence to share your faith because we don't know what to do. So if we can share our faith, that's learning what to do. You'll see how it all comes together. And the final one was basically if the 
if the thing you want to solve isn't one of the three things, because I often see people with big problems to solve and they leave the big problem out of the, out of the equation because it's hard and just don't have the punchy one. So we got the punchy one in, Chef Jesus. Okay? An invitation to discover more for him. So we split it into three. I then basically, because I know that systems create behavior. So basically systems create behavior. I'm going to have to go a bit quicker here. Systems create behavior is this. People at this side of the room want to do something. So everybody knows we should share our faith. Is, am I okay with that? If you don't know, by the way, if you don't know, if you don't know Jesus yet and you're in the room, I hope this will help you feel how much we think you're worth it to find out Jesus is, okay? You're worth it. Wherever you are in this room, if you don't know God, okay, we think you really should and we're really worth it, okay? So somebody at this, I'm gonna try, and, I'm gonna walk this bit because it don't work if I don't walk it, so I'll see how far I get. Right, okay, so... I'm here, I'm just going to presume it's you. Okay, I know I should share faith. I know I should. We all know we should. Are we all all right with that? We just know. And I really want to. That might lose a few people, but I'm still most people with me. Okay, so to get me from here to doing it, there has to be a bit of a system that gets me to here to do it. Because I want to do it, and I know I should, but I'm not doing it, so what's stopping me? And the vast majority of problems... And the vast majority of solutions, if people are involved, is systems create behavior. Systems create behavior. Systems that are inspired by God and put together with a bit of wisdom and trialed and tested basically draw people. So we decided to do this. So um, goal setting, okay, is something that I've, I've worked on and seen work really well. So basically, here's the rule. Uh, and... I'm not going to do it with you this evening. I did it this morning. You can get the app. You can have a go. But basically, um, we've all left church with loads of good intentions. So if good intentions and a desire to share Jesus were enough, we'd have revival. Amen? They aren't, and we haven't. Okay, so they're just not enough. So what do people need? They need a system that creates behavior. And it's really well known. It's easy to research. You don't have to be a genius to find this out. But basically, if you're going to do something and you tell someone else you're going to do it, and you write down what it is, and you give it a date, okay, just in the world, that improves your chances of doing it amazingly well. If you then put it together with a group of Christians, and you prayed, and you built an app, then maybe we might be able to change some things. So that's what we've gone and done. So I'm going to show you a picture of the app now, and then I'm going to... So that's the app now. We'll let you look at it in a minute. But then if you just kind of take that off, because... I want to talk to you about the journey to get to that. So me and my mate called Matt, uh, he's, he's a mate now, he just came to work for me and helped me, he's worked four days a week now, and he had no idea what he was doing and neither did I, but I liked that because he didn't know what he couldn't do. Amen? So I went to see some app developers that told me I needed 300,000 in two years. I thought, I've got about 15 grand and six months, so you can't help. Okay? But I didn't give up. So Matt, I just went, there's got to be a way. Shine on, we put a man on the moon 30 years ago. Give me a break. Someone somewhere knows how to do this. So I said to Matt, I gave him three days. I thought, that's enough. Off you go and come back and find a way we can do this for this much money in three, six months' time. And he came back, and we found that we could rent an app from uh, an, an American developer. Um, there's lots of them now called Billfire. It's 400 pounds a month. You rent it, and you basically put your design on top of their app. Okay. Okay, and we got the first prototype in about 12 weeks. So the first prototype was, uh, we discovered very quickly, was shocking. 
Okay. So um, how do we find that out? So we built a prototype, and it was basically about how to set goals. And we, me and Matt, happy, excited, gathered some people together to trial it. Oh, my gosh. When I see people spending years and years developing something, and they're not trialing it along the way, I just think, at what point in those three and a half years did you get it wrong? Because basically, you will have done. And unless you've trialed it, unless you're humble, unless you realize it's not finished, you are not going to get there. Well, we did not make that mistake. So we got six people uh, from seven people, actually, including me and Lizzie, from church, sat in the room. Matt came in. We launched the app. You could download it this confluted way because it wasn't on the app store at the time. Anyway, we got it on and me and Matt just talked to everybody about how brilliant it was and said, let's do it. And it was the most humbling hour and a half I've ever had. Me and Matt needed almost a day off the day later. So we had, we got Steve, so we got characters in this. So this is Steve. So this was what Steve was. Steve was like this with his phone. <laughs> just pressing it with his finger. I'm like, what are you pressing on? I'm pressing on this this arrow thing. I'm like, Steve, that's, that's nothing. You should be pressing that. You should be pressing that. Okay, it took us about an hour and a half to get it on people's phones. Okay, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> I can remember how bad it was. I mean, it, was, it wasn't, it was worse than it would have been useful to tell you how bad it was. Okay, it was really bad. Really, really bad. Okay. But the principle was really really good. So we went away, and we did it in months at a time. So we told them we could fix it in a month, and just said, we'll come back next month and it'll be fixed. Anyway, four months later, four new dough, four months on it, on it, trial, listing, asking questions, uh, we started to get there. And we then decided we've got it good enough because Steve could use it. So this app is Steve-proof. Okay, if you need, can't do this, you need to work with Steve, all right, because be, we, we need to know who you are so we can test it on you next. But at the moment, it's my wife, Lizzie, and Steve that are testing on this. It's Steve and Lizzie proof, okay, and it works. So we're excited. People are setting goals. Text, you know, literally people are setting goals. It's working, the system, da-da-da. And then we had two options. We could go and launch it, or we could go and trial it. So we went to trial it. So we spent a year trialing it. 500 people, three different churches, three different formats to find out what happened. First trial, one thing worked, one thing didn't work very well, and one thing completely was hopeless. Second trial, we kept the one thing that worked, changed one of them, and added a new one, and two worked. And by the third one that we launched September last year, um, we began to see a bit of a miracle taking place. We began to see people beginning to share life, faith in Jesus by setting goals through a simple app that Johnny Boy had dreamt up and Matty Boy had written. But it was more than that. We'd been praying and asking God, oh God, please help us because this really matters to you and it really matters to us and we're committed to this thing. So the app is now on the App Store. Um, we'll do worship. You can download it. It's free. It's on all app and Google. You just search i61. You'll get it. You'll see it. Please test it. If you're Steve in the house, please test it. We'd love to know if you can do it. For the rest of you, you can do it because we set, we think it's well over 150 goals this morning. They're just getting the final stuff out of the app this morning. So 150 people set goals this morning. It was super, really good time. Everybody had a go. We'll know the final goals set and the goals achieved. And yeah, it's an example of 
innovation. So, to bring that to the power of three, firstly, yes, you can. Okay? You can innovate. You can. You can innovate. Number two, please look at the problem. And the third thing is, start and don't finish until you see the problem that you set off with is solved. And that's my 10-year journey. In the next 10 years, I believe we're going to see a change in the dial of the UK church. And I want to change that 8 out of 10 to basically say 8 out of 10 Christians are and have shared life, shared faith, and shared Jesus. So please innovate. Download the app. Have a look and join us. And together, let's go and see if we can just change the world a little bit. Amen. Because if a broken bloke in a bed sit with two kids he can't feed, in massive debt with a broken life, can set against a problem to relieve people from debt and draw people to Christ, then my God is able to do abundantly more than ever I can dream or imagine through his power at work with us within the church. Father, thank you for your innovation. In Jesus' name, amen. we stand together you can stay seating John I want to ask you a question and then I'd like John to pray for us you can close your eyes if you like I just want this to be a moment for you between you and God how many of you have sitting, been sitting in here tonight and you've heard John and you thought I've got an idea of a problem that I need to solve John started by saying the problem could be solved is something for you, for others, for the or for his kingdom, or all three. So I'm thinking of someone in here right now, and the idea that they've got what they want to do and innovate in is an issue to solve for themselves. Well, I can think how so many will benefit. Don't rule it out just because you think I'm oh, being selfish. If you need to start something that's going to give you an income, that's okay. God will use it for others and he'll use it for his kingdom. But don't rule it out because you think it's not big enough out there. Amen. It could be for you. So you know you've got a thought, you've got something there, an innovative idea, a problem you want to solve. I'm going to ask you in a moment to identify yourself with raising your hand. And then I'm going to ask John just to simply pray over us a release of that. We're cheering Isaiah 61 on and the all that we see there, and we'll see the fruits of that in years. It's not always in the next month, it's years. And we want those of you that want to be innovative, you want to solve a problem, we want to keep going with you, going with you, and rejoice when you fail, and get you up again, and keep going so you see the fruits of your labor. So you've got something by way of innovative idea in your mind to solve a problem. Just raise your hand where you are right now. Go on, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. No need to look around. I'm looking around. Lots of you. We want to say to you what John's finished with tonight. Yes, you can. Go for it, guys. Yes, you can. Whatever people have told you, like they told John, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Don't listen to it. Don't let it shape your future. Yes, you can. Like John, would you pray for us and for those with their hands raised at this point in Jesus' name? 
Yeah, Father, I just pray particularly for the guys with their hand raised, but also all of us, Lord. Uh, there's a problem coming around the corner in all our lives, Lord. Some of them we can solve. Some of them we can play a part in, Lord. I pray that this gift of innovation that you've given to us all will be stirred up in all of us. Nothing is impossible to God. Nothing is impossible. He's the ultimate innovator. And for those that have thought of an idea, I would say, Lord, will you get them to hang on to it with a sense of it's precious. It's something you've given them. So it's of value. And if you've given them to it, you know that together with you, they can find a solution. And if it's for themselves, I pray great success in that. I pray that they would know the joy of seeing you help them solve something for them. And some of these ideas as my system of helping people in debt got me out of debt. You then used it to help other people out of debt. And I pray, and we don't limit what you can do with a simple idea. And Father, for the kingdom advancement, which is an advanced if it's for us, which is advanced if it's for others, would be in and amongst everything we do and that we give it to you. And bless this church and bless these people. What a joy to be amongst great mates who care about your kingdom and not their own. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Thank John you. a round of applause. We're going to finish with a song in a moment, whichever song you guys decide we want to finish with. God saw a problem. Humanity needed a Savior. But the Savior that we needed had to be like us, but different to us. Needed to be someone who was sinless, but who was tempted in all ways like we are so that we could call on him. Everyone needs a savior. Big problem. So he sent his son. Sent his son. His only begotten, his only son. He died on a cross for the sins of the world. That whoever puts their faith in him will know life, life in all its fullness, which is not just when we die, Though thank God, because we're all going to face that. But it's a life of fulfillment here and now. So in a moment, I'm going to ask us all to close our eyes, bow our heads, and I'm going to pray a prayer that I want us all to pray out loud. But for some of you, you'll be doing this for the first time or maybe as a re recommitment to follow Jesus. And if you use it for the first time, pray this prayer, or as a recommitment, I'm just going to say at the end, if you prayed that, will you please raise your hand? We'd love to put a Bible in your hand to mark the moment, to mark the day where you made that decision. And then come with us on the journey because we're all on the journey of following Jesus. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, pray this prayer after me. Say this. Lord Jesus, thank you that you left the glory of heaven to come to this earth for me that you died on a cross for me, that you know me by name, and I call on your name for my salvation. Forgive me. Give me a new start. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Still with every head bowed, eyes closed. Is anyone here, you prayed that for the first time? 
away of recommitment tonight. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Great decision. Great decision. Anybody else saying yes to Jesus? First time of recommitment. Anyone else saying yes to Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. Great decision. Come on, let's give our God a round of applause for what he's doing. Changing lives. We pray for those people that have made that decision. Bless you. Keep you. Become part of the family here. We'd love to help you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.